Word. We're going to be reading out of Daniel chapter 2 this morning. Daniel chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. We're going to start in verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. Hey, Ryan, uh, can you grab my, that podium? I didn't, I didn't bring, bring it out here. <laughs> You're doing all kinds of things this morning. Uh, and, uh, man, uh, you know, uh, we are glad you're here after a, just a, you know, you know what Tennessee football and church has got in common, don't you? I mean, man, it doesn't matter if you go to both of them, you're standing up yelling Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I said last night, hey, cussing's legal in sports, right? Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, Hey, let me, let me, let me, before I dive into the message, let me jump on, off onto something here. Uh, he just talked about the marriage conference. Uh, guys, I, 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 if you are married, you need to go to this conference. I don't care if you think your marriage is the greatest thing in the world. It's not, okay? You still got issues you need to grow in. Uh, and uh, it, you might think your marriage has, uh, you know, got a too high of a mountain to climb. It doesn't. Uh, this is great for you. I, I want all of you to go. I, I would give anything if I could go to this marriage conference. Now, obviously, I'm not going, uh, but I would give anything if I could go. I would give anything to have that opportunity to invest in my marriage uh, once again. Uh, matter of fact, the guy who is speaking at this, uh, Amy and I saw uh, last year at a conference we were at and spent some time talking to him, and Amy looked at me and said, you got to bring him in. And I said, yes, ma'am. And so uh, that's why he's coming in. And so uh, same thing with uh, uh, the guy who came and did our uh, our uh, 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 our LGBTQ forum and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, uh, she said, you've got to bring him in. Great. So uh, I, I, if you're married, folks, you need to go to that, all right? It is an incredible event, and I hope that you sign up for that. You know, we, we started a brand new series last week, and so if you're new today, man, you are here at a great time because you're getting in on the beginning, uh, the first lap, basically, of a brand new series. Uh, and this series, we're going through the book of Daniel. I love the book of Daniel. If you know anything about the Bible, then you probably love the book of Daniel. If you don't, then you're going to love the book of Daniel. It is an incredible book. We're calling it Bold in Babylon. And there's not a more timely book, probably, that we could go through as a church right now than the book of Daniel, because it is a slice of history 
of God's people, the Jews, the Israelites, who are living in captivity and exile in a, a land that is toxic and absolutely opposed to God and trying to conform the Jews into its image, trying to, to, to get the God out of them and to make them Babylonian, right? And so uh, that reminds you a little bit about the world we live in because these two kingdoms, Babylon uh, and Judah, are real ancient kingdoms, but they are also symbolic. They're not just real, they're symbolic of two kingdoms uh, throughout all time. God's kingdom, that's the Judah, that's Israel, God's kingdom. And then Babylon is the kingdom of the world that opposes uh, God vehemently, and that's the world we live in today. And it tries to form us into its mold to, to get God out of us, to make us feel less than inferior for worshiping God, for standing up for God. And, and if we're gonna make a difference in this world as God's people, then we have to live differently in this world. Did you get that? If we're gonna make a difference in the world, we have to live differently from the world, and that takes boldness. That takes boldness, and that's why we're calling this bold in Babylon. Now, um, you know, if uh, for the next 10 weeks, we're gonna be looking at this, and if you know uh, me and, 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 and Amy, as we, our adoption story, many of you have heard different aspects and facets of that story, but one of the aspects that I was thinking about this week of that is, you know, uh, the beginning, you know how it always starts, uh, you know, with Amy telling me we need to adopt a little girl from China, and I said, no, we don't, and she said, please, I said, no, she said, pray about it, and I said, no, and, and she did, she prayed about it, I always say she went over my head, she started praying, and God wasn't taking me there, you know, and so one night, we were watching TV, I was probably watching a game or something, she was asleep, uh, I was sitting on the couch, she was asleep, laying on my lap, and uh, all of a sudden, she, you've done this before, uh, she woke up and gasping and just sat up and reaching up. She just <gasps> like this and reached up. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And, and she said, I, I just had a, you know, a bad dream. And that's all she said and laid back down went, and, you know, went back to sleep or laid there, whatever. Never told me what the dream was. Never told me what was going on. And then eventually, as you know, obviously, uh, based on my kids right over here, God told me you need to adopt, right? And so it wasn't just a girl from China. It was also a boy from China and a girl from Ethiopia. And, and praise the Lord, I hope I'm done. So, but it was, it was uh, you know, God uh, led us to adopt. And when, when God led us to adopt, when, 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 when God told me that, and I told Amy that, Amy told me, she said, do you remember, Pat, that dream that I had that night? When you remember when I was laying asleep on your lap and watching TV and I was asleep and I woke up gasping and I said, yeah, what was that all about? She said, well, in that dream, I saw a little Chinese girl and the Chinese girl and I couldn't make out her face, but she was coming to me with her arms out, reaching out to me. And that, and, 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 and that was why I woke up gasping, reaching back to her. And she said, I know that God was giving me a vision of the future. And I knew that. And that dream would never leave Amy. It would always stick with her. That dream will never leave me, right? That's sort of what we're gonna see tonight, or to this morning, not tonight, this is morning. I'm still, oh, I'm stuck last night. And so uh, that's what we're gonna see this morning as we look at Daniel chapter two. Uh, you're gonna see a dream by King Nebuchadnezzar that he literally can't let go of. I mean, it's emblazoned in his mind. And Nebuchadnezzar, right now, if you'll remember, he has conquered Judah. Uh, he has looted 
the temple and brought uh, the articles from the temple and put them in his God Marduk's uh, place in Shinar. He has uh, then brought in the best of the best of the young men, and he's tried to conform them, but Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, no way. I mean, they're standing strong. They're living differently. And so now he has this dream, and it's a, it, it, it won't leave him. And so today, as we look at this story, we're going to look at a bad dream and a bold promise. Two points, a bad dream and a bold promise. Now, let's talk about the bad dream. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, when he has this dream, he wakes up in the, in, the, in the morning, in the middle of the night, in a pool of sweat and, and, and fear because he has this dream. And it says it was so bad, it was troubling so bad, the Bible says that his spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. He, he couldn't sleep. It was rolling over in his mind. What is this? What is this all about? And he wanted to know. And so he called in all of his magicians and enchanters and sorcerers, and it says Chaldeans. He called these guys in uh, because they were skilled in, in dream interpretation. And I want you to tell me what this dream means. And so they come in, and man, they're happy to do it. Uh, they're coming. This is their shining moment. Man, this is their fourth and goal and touchdown moment. Man, we're going we're gonna to get the ball across the line, and he's going to you know, stand up and praise us. It's going to be great. And so he brings them in, and he says, I want you to interpret my dream, but I'm going to raise the difficulty level from beginner to expert. Right, I mean, you're, you're, this is from beginner to expert. Uh, I, I, he didn't trust them. You know, I mean, you, you get that, right? I mean, you know, you go to anybody that says, I can tell you the future. Well, they, you know, it's gonna be, you're gonna fall in love or you're gonna lose someone very close to you, <laughs> right? I mean, if you're single, you're gonna fall in love. That's probably gonna be what they're gonna tell you. Or, you know, you're gonna lose someone close to you. Well, uh, you know, out of 100 people, 100 people's gonna lose somebody close to them. It's a pretty safe bet. That's what Nebuchadnezzar's thinking, right? He's thinking, these guys are going to tell me whatever. And so he said, I'm going to up the difficulty level. You're going to interpret my dream, but before you interpret my dream, you're going to tell me what my dream was. I'm not even going to tell you the dream. And they were like, what are you talking about? This is impossible. No human being can do what you want. Only the gods can do this. And they don't live among us, right? They don't even live here. And so, you know, what you see is you got Nebuchadnezzar. He has it all most powerful man on the face of the earth. He is the king of the most powerful nation uh, on earth. He has all the money, stinking, filthy rich. He has, you know, uh, uh, everything, influence, power, everything he wants, but he can do nothing with dreams, right? And so here's what Daniel's trying to let us know off the beginning. Daniel's trying to let us know that Babylon looks really good. Babylon makes a lot of promises, but Babylon cannot deliver on those promises, right? You see, we, we're, we're living in a cultural moment in Babylon right now, and Babylon's making you all kinds of promises. It's making our world all kinds of promises of freedom and of liberation and of advancement, and in doing that, marriage is being dismissed, sexuality and sex, sex is being revolutionized, uh, you've got identity being redefined and gender being reassigned. And, 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 and man, it's progress. But here's the problem. No one is happier. No one is more content. No one is more joyful than they've ever been. As a matter of fact, people are more confused, depressed. Conf I mean, people are just absolutely, uh, you know, out of their mind. They don't know what's going on. That, that, that's not our world. They're not happier. They're more miserable. You see, here's what Babylon does. Babylon looks like a mirage. Oh, that's it. 
That's it. That will satisfy the thirst of my soul. And people run to the mirage and they drink and it's like drinking salt water. It just literally destroys their soul. That's a cultural moment we're living in Babylon right now, right? That's our cultural moment. Just like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we live in Babylon and it makes promises and it cannot deliver. It delivers death, not life. It delivers depression, uh, not joy. And so, so Babylon and, and King Nebuchadnezzar, he was angry. He was furious because these guys couldn't do this. He said, matter of fact, if you don't do this, he said, if you do it, I'll give you the greatest treasures in all the land. And he could do it. He said, but if you don't, I'm gonna rip your arm off, beat you with it, and burn your house down. That's what he said. I'm gonna tear you limb from limb. I'm gonna tear you limb from limb. I'm gonna tear your limbs off, and I'm gonna burn your house to the ground. That's what he said. He was so angry. And when they said, nobody can do this, he said, great. He, he put out a, an edict to destroy and kill all the wise men in Babylon. Now, this put Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego right in the crosshairs because they were considered in the group of, although they weren't sorcerers and chanters and magicians and all this stuff, they were considered in the group of wise men. And so they were now in the crosshairs. And so Daniel hears about this. And when Daniel hears about it, that the kings now turned on them, I mean, What's the first thing he did, right? What was the first thing you would do? Man, you know what, Daniel, he, he, Daniel, he, did, he did, man, I'm glad he set the precedence for us and he gave us an example because he ran to Facebook and, man, he started posting all this on Facebook. I mean, man, he, he got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and he said, man, let's start blazing the government on Facebook. Let's start blazing anybody that's associated with the party that Nebuchadnezzar is in. Let's blaze them right now. And that'll work. That'll change hearts. That's not what he did. He didn't say, man, I tell you what, we gotta get this guy out of office. Because if we get a new king in Babylon, everything will change and we'll just be back to loving Jesus and following Jesus and we'll be treated with. That's not what he did. What did he do? He got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego together. He said, guys, listen, this is what's going on. There's an edict that all wise men are gonna be destroyed. We are those wise men. What are we gonna do, Daniel? I tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. That's what we're gonna do. You see, prayer is not the last option. It's not the last resort. It's not something you do when you've tried everything else and nothing else has worked. That's not what prayer is. What do you do? You pray. Because only God can change the heart. And so you pray and you pray and you pray. And that's exactly what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach did. They went to the one who could change everything. And they prayed. And you know what God did? He gave Daniel not only the interpretation, but the dream. He showed Daniel the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed and gave Daniel the interpretation. And Daniel burst out in praise, and that's what Ryan read. Ryan read how when Daniel got the, the, the answer from God that he burst out in praise, and he began to, to praise God. And he said, God, you are in total control. You're the one who is in control of everything. And God gave him this, and he, and, and, and he praised God, and then he calls the captain of the king's guard, the, basically the chief executioner in, and he says this in verse 24, Daniel 2, 24, he says, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king and I will show the king the interpretation. His magicians and chanters and sorcerers, and they've already said, nobody can do this. There's no human being that can do this. Only a God can do this. And they don't live among us. And Daniel said, after the prayer, Daniel said, bring me in, I'll do it. 
And then the king heard this. The chief executioner goes in, and here's what it says in verse 26. On it says, and he asked Daniel, are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen in its interpretation? Daniel is in a sweet spot. I mean, Daniel, man, is in a sweet spot because he's got the dream, he's got the interpretation. He can make a name for himself. He can get to the top really quick. He can ask basically for anything he wants from the king. He can ask for whatever position he wants. He can make the king think he is all that. He's the greatest thing ever, that he is in a sweet spot. Do you know the dream? Can you give me the dream? Daniel could have said, yes, I can, because that's how smart I am. That's how good I am right? That's not what Daniel did. He said, Daniel answered the king and said, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or astrologer can show to the king the mystery the king has asked. Nobody can do that. But God, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Did you notice what Daniel did? Amazing. He's living in Babylon. And when God's people are living in Babylon, man, we're desperate to make a change. We're desperate to change Babylon. And Daniel here could have put himself in a sweet position by claiming the credit for this, but that's not what Daniel did. That's not what he was living for. He said, no, I can't. Nobody can do this, king, but God. But there is a God in heaven. You see, that's central to the story and it's central to your life and your story and to our moment in history right now. I want you to get that, Christian. It is central, not just to the, to the, to the story in Daniel. It's central to your life and our situation and our moment right now. You see, you might have your back against the wall, and you probably feel like you do. People are more stressed now than they've ever been. I mean, it's, it's, it's epidemic stress. Is, is, is just more stressed than they've ever been. And that's not just over their jobs. It, it, it's over life, right? I mean, people are stressed about their kids' future. People are stressed about what's gonna happen tomorrow. I mean, we hear all this different stuff from so many different resources and so many different places, and we don't know what to believe, and people are so stressed today. And then they're lashing out. They get on Facebook, and they lash out, and they, the, the, you know, they, they lash out, and they're talking, and people are stressed, and, and, and we want to do something, and, and, and you know, we think there's nothing we can do. This, this, is, this place is burning down. And it's burning down, and it's a snowball, and I don't know what we can do, and there's just, it's hopeless. You know, you might feel like you are, your back's against the wall, and you have zero energy left, and there's nothing you can do, but there's a God in heaven. You see, you, you, you might feel like, man, your kids are rebelling, and you have done everything you can to pour Christ into them. And the rebelling, and there's nothing I can do. It's out of my hands, and I don't know what's going on. But there's a God in heaven. You may feel like your marriage is at the bottom. Man, you're on rock bottom, and it's about to just literally dissolve. The mountain is too high and too hard to climb, but there's a God in heaven. You might feel like you cannot, you're struggling with some sin, and, and man, I, I don't know what to do. I can't seem to get over this. I, I don't have the strength to beat this addiction, but there is a God in heaven. Right? I, I mean, you, you might feel like, I don't know if my kids will ever be able to buy a house. I don't know how they're going to live, but there's a God in heaven. 
You see, that, that, that's what Daniel was able to do. Daniel was able to stand in the, in, in the face of an impossible situation. Tell me my dream that I dreamed last night. Not just take a stab at what it meant, but tell me what I dreamed last night. Read my mind, read my dreams. Impossible. Daniel stood in the face of an impossible situation and delivered. Why? Because he was good, because his faith, no, because he served the God of the impossible. That's what we need to hang on to. No matter where we are in our personal life, no matter how much stress we have about what's going on in Babylon in our world today, uh, we need to know that hope is not lost, that God is still on the throne, and that God, as Daniel uh, uh, prayed and praised God when uh, Ryan read the scripture, God is sovereign and in control. And no matter how bad it gets, there's a God in heaven. We need to remember that. We need to remember that, right? And, and, and Daniel went to the king and, and did uh, uh, what his people couldn't do. He, he, here's what he says in verse 31. Let, let, let's read the, the interpretation here. Uh, and, or, I'm sorry, the, the dream and the interpretation. Here's what Daniel says, verse 31. And he says this, you saw, O king, and behold, a great image. The image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of the image was fine gold, and its chest and arms were silver. Its middle and thighs were bronze, and its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron and clay and bronze and silver and the gold altogether were broken in pieces and became like chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that no trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Not only did Daniel download the dream uh, and, the, and, and tell Nebuchadnezzar, but he told Nebuchadnezzar what it meant. He told him the interpretation, and in doing so here, we see not only the bad dream, but we see a bold promise. Now, now, now let's, let's look at this. He said, O king, here's your dream. You dreamed and you saw a mighty statue. Right, a huge, mighty, bright statue. And he said, this statue uh, had some components, and it was made of different materials. Uh, its head was gold. As you move on down, it was silver. As you move down to the middle, it was bronze. And then as you move down to its legs, it was iron. Its feet was mixture of clay and iron. Now, as you notice, those, uh, those different materials, uh, they, they get uh, less valuable as you go down, gold, silver, bronze, iron, clay. They get less valuable but until you get to the clay, they get stronger, right? I mean, silver's a little bit stronger than gold. All, all, all. And so, so Nebuchadnezzar's like, I saw this statue, and this rock fell, and it crumbled, and I don't know what it means. What does it mean? And so uh, Daniel said, let me tell you what it means. Got the dream. You pegged the dream. So at this point, Nebuchadnezzar obviously knows, I didn't tell him the dream. I didn't tell anybody my dream. So if he could tell me what I dreamed, I guarantee you he can tell me what it means. I'm, not, I'm going to completely trust what Daniel says. Right, and so, so he says, what does this mean? And, 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 and Daniel tells him the meaning of the dream. He says, first off, the head of gold, that's you, King Nebuchadnezzar. That's not just you, it's your kingdom, it's Babylon. I mean, Babylon was laden with gold, stinking, filthy, rich, 
I mean, Nebuchadnezzar's gardens was hanging gardens, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. He had so much money, he could do anything he wanted. And he said, that head of gold is you. You're rich, but it's going to come crashing down. It's not gonna last forever. And he said, then there's gonna be another kingdom to rise up and be the world power that's going to replace you. And it's the, the kingdom of silver. And that is, according to you know, all the, the biblical scholars, and that, this is the Medo-Persian uh, kingdom that followed the Babylonian kingdom, and then there will be an, that that kingdom will last, and, and that kingdom uh, will crumble, uh, and, and then there will be another that will rise up, and that's the, the the kingdom of bronze, and that referred to the Greeks, that referred to the Greeks under Alexander the Great, and then that kingdom will last, and it will be strong, but it will collapse, and then there will be another kingdom that will rise up, and it's the, the kingdom of iron, and it's the Roman Empire. It's the Roman Empire. And so he says, you've got these succeeding kingdoms, and none of them are going to last. They're all going to cr be crushed, and, and, and here's what's happened. In the end, you saw a rock, and that rock was hewn out by no human hand, and it, 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 it crushed all those kingdoms, right? And Nebuchadnezzar's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's it mean? Oh, they're all gonna collapse. And here, here's what it says. Kingdoms are gonna rise and kingdoms are gonna fall and kingdoms are gonna think much of themselves. Kings are gonna think they have the answer. Kingdoms are gonna think they, they're, they're what's gonna liberate and bring freedom. And, and, and that's what kingdoms think. But the rock is Christ. It's the kingdom of God. And it's gonna crush all kingdoms. And it's the only one that's gonna last forever. This is what Daniel boldly stands and proclaims to the king. Now, the king, he's just told the king, your kingdom's not gonna last. And so Daniel runs the risk of being beheaded, run out, thrown out. That's bold. But in his boldness, the king appreciated Daniel being honest with him. He appreciated Daniel being truthful with him. And, and, and he literally began to burn incense to Daniel. And, and, and look here, the, the, the point of the passage, again, it's not the gold, silver, bronze, or clay. And that's one thing we have to do when we come to, uh, you know, apocalyptic literature, when we come to, when we look at Revelation, uh, you know, we wanna understand all the keys of, uh, you know, of, of interpretation, all that, and there are keys, but man, we can't miss the plain thing. And the plain thing here is this is really not about those kingdoms, this is about the rock. This is about God's kingdom. Right? Look how Daniel puts it in verses 44 and 45. In those days, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. The dream is certain, and its interpretations are sure. So, you know, here's what the Lord was saying to Nebuchadnezzar when he was, you know, counting sheep, when he was sawing logs. I, the Lord said, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm the one who sets up kings and I'm the one who removes them. That, that's what God is saying. That, that's what he said. That's what Daniel, uh, that Ryan read, Daniel and his praise. God's the one who sets up kings and God's the one who removes them. Uh, he, he's the one who establishes nations and he's the one who tears them down. He's the one who puts presidents in office and politicians in their seats and brings them down. God is who does that. It's, it's God who does that. that. That's what he's saying. He says, you might think, Nebuchadnezzar, you have dominion. 
You might think you have all the power in the world, and at this moment you do, but it's only because I have granted it to you. It's only because I have given it to you. Had I not had given it to you, Nebuchadnezzar, you would not have it. I'm the one who, who granted it to you, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm in control. I hold it all. And every kingdom of the earth will one day be dashed to pieces and swept away by the kingdom of my son. That, that's, that's what Daniel is telling Nebuchadnezzar. Jesus is the stone in the dream. That's what we need to focus on. God's kingdom, Jesus is the stone in the dream. Acts 4.11, it says, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. Jesus is the stone in the dream. It's his kingdom. I love how it wraps up. After receiving this word, Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and he began to bless David and lit up some incense and honor him. And here's what Nebuchadnezzar said. Truly, get this, truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings. He's God of gods and Lord of kings. Now, Nebuchadnezzar praised God for who he was, but Nebuchadnezzar did not bow his heart and meet God. Nebuchadnezzar did not become a believer in God at that moment. Nebuchadnezzar did not surrender his life to God, but Daniel's faith and Daniel's boldness made such an impact that he recognized, Daniel, your God is God. I know that. Your God is God. And I believe that he exists, but he didn't believe in him. There's a difference, right? And so he made such an impression on his heart. And then he promoted Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he promoted Daniel to his court. And much like Joseph, you see what's going on? He promoted Daniel to his court. And then Daniel said, I'm gonna bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with me. And he did. And, and, and all seems good until next week. Now, here's the, here's the thing I want you to take from this in, in, in wrapping this up. What, what, what an incredible story, this dream, what it means for the future, and we see how it played out because all prophecy in the Scripture plays out exactly as it says it will, just like all Scripture will turn out exactly as it says it will because all Scripture is true. God's Word, the Bible, is inerrant has no errors. It is infallible. It has no mistakes. When it says what it says, it says what it says, and you can bank on it because it is God's word that contains God's words. These are the words of God. It had human authors like Paul and, and, and Peter and, and, you know, and all these human authors and Moses, but God directed their writings and inspired them in such a way that what they were writing was the inspired will of God. So that's the Bible. That's why everything is true. And it come true just as it said it would. We saw the, the Babylonians fall to the Medo-Persians in history. If you studied history, then you know that the Greeks came in and Alexander the Great and, you know, and, and, and all the, the Greeks and Spartans, all that kind of stuff, they come in and they destroyed the Medo-Persians and then the Romans came in and man, they extended their rule and their reign and, uh, and it was just, you know, uh, it, it, was, it was crazy that Rome was this power and they all had this pantheon of gods. You know, the Greek mythology, you know, the Roman gods and goddesses. And I, I mean, you know, Babylon had all their pantheon of gods. These kingdoms, we know historically, they came and they went and they came and they went. 
And, and, and what does that say to us today? Here's what it says. It says God is in complete control. It says that we live in Babylon today, and Babylon seems great. And God's people seem to be losing market share. God's people seem to be losing influence. God's people seem to be being marginalized more and more and more and more as the day goes by, as the days go by. God's people seem to be losing this battle, and we can get hopeless and we look around and we get all this stress, and what we need to learn from this is that nothing is happening in this world that's causing God to scratch his head. Nothing is happening in this world. COVID, when COVID came, and, and man, it, it was physically devastating to some, but the physical devastation is literally nothing compared to the mental exhaustion and devastation that we have because of everything. I mean, it wasn't just the disease. It was how, I mean, it, it divided people. I mean, man, you, you know, you remember, right? You, you remember those good old days. If you wear a mask, you're an absolute fool. If you don't wear a mask, you're an absolute imbecile. You remember how we divided? I mean, you remember all that? See, that's, that's Babylon. That's the beginning to tear down. And I mean, it, it's Babylon. And, and you remember the promise of, oh man, let me give you, we'll give you all this money because you deserve it. And man, I mean, that really did a great job. It helped us. I mean, you, you, Babylon, it made us, man, that's a mirage. Man, that's water for my thirsty soul. But it was salt water that's killing us. I mean, you, you remember just not with COVID, you, everything. I mean, everything we're going through and everything where we Christians are and, and our worldviews and how quickly we went from, I mean, man, in warp speed, we went from, uh, from same-sex marriage being legalized to you blew by that. You blew by, uh, I mean, it was legalized and then it was forgotten because now you're on to all the gender stuff and you're on to, uh, I mean, the LGBTQ issue. Uh, you, it's just like Babylon, and listen, that's the, that, that's the true acceptance, right? That's the, man, love is love is love is love, right? I mean, and, and it oh, sounds good. Sounds beautiful. We're going to be happy. Now we're more confused. We live in Babylon, and what do we do? Well, rather than losing hope and think the sky's falling, what do we do? Well, what Daniel do? Well, he didn't go to Facebook. He, he didn't start dividing up and fighting against those who were his opponent. What did he do? Prayed. 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 Church, we've got to pray, and it's not a last resort. It's not what we do when, we've done that, when, we, when we can't do anything else and we've done everything else. We prayed. I hope your prayer life begins to increase and you begin to pray for God and his kingdom to come like never before. We as a church need to begin to pray. As a matter of fact, probably, let me tell you what we're probably going to do. And I, I don't know, I say this, our staff now, they're perking up because on Sundays, then they have to go on Mondays and start making happen what I say we're going to do on Sundays. And they're like, oh, I wish you'd have told us. I didn't know it until I said it. <laughs> One of the things that we need to start doing, I think, is, is incorporating our services together is a corporate prayer time on Sunday mornings. If we have to cut out sermon, we need to cut out sermon because we need to pray as God's people, because God's the only one who can fix this. God's not scratching his head. God's in control. We need to ask God to let us in on what he's doing, right? Not try to bend him to our will, but to help us to see his will and what he's doing, and stay strong. Pray. We're going to pray as individuals, and folks, we need to start praying more as a church. Start praying. What else did Daniel do? Well, Daniel was bold. Daniel didn't cave. 
Daniel didn't cave. He stood strong. He didn't compromise his convictions. And if we would call them today Christian convictions, uh, he, he was a Jew, but, but he loved God. This was pre-Jesus. Uh, this was pre-incarnation. And so uh, he didn't compromise his Christian convictions. He stood strong. He lived differently than the world. You see, he wasn't confused by all the promises of Babylon. He wasn't confused enough to say, well, I don't know, that sounds, that sounds good. I, I mean, it sounds right. And I mean, man, if I just eat all this good food, I mean, yeah, why wouldn't I eat all this good food? I mean, I, what's wrong with that, right? I mean, he didn't, you know, if I'll just do this and if I'll just, he, did, he wasn't compromised his convictions. He stood strong in who he was. He was different than the world. He was different. He was different than Babylon. And and, and Christians, we've got to be different than Babylon. If we're going to make a difference in the world, we have to be different than the world. And that's what Daniel was. He was different than the world he lived in. I'm not eating your food. I don't want to eat your food. Man, I'm not going to, I'm not joining in with this, you know, enchanter, sorcerer, woo, magician stuff, hokey pokey stuff. You know, he wasn't out doing tiki talks. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't what Daniel did, Right? He stayed strong to his Christian convictions. That's what we've got to do. Church, we've got to know what the Bible says about gender, and we've got to stick with it. No matter who tries to convince us with some, you know, language and, and, and academic language that confuses us or, or some evolved sense of morality or involved sense of, you know, love is love, that it does sounds good. And it sounds like you ought to be able to love whoever you want to love. It sounds good. No, here's what the Bible says. That's what I'm doing. Here's what the Bible says about identity and who you are as a man or woman or human being. That's what the Bible says. No matter what the world tries to confuse me with, Babylon, this is what God's kingdom says. This is what I believe. The sexual revolution, right? This is what God says. God says about sex, singles, Listen, I'm single with you. I understand your frustrations. I understand your temptations. You know, I haven't understood those 37 years, but I understand them. And here's what God says about sex. It doesn't say, well, God understands. You know, I mean, you got to do, yeah. No, this is what God says, what it's for. It's for man and woman in marriage. And do you believe God's word? I've got to live God's word. I've got to do that. That's different than the world. Husbands and wives, it's, it's monogamy. It's, it's husband and wife. I, I never understand someone that says, listen, I, I was married for 37 years, and I do not get people who think it gets boring with the same person for 37 years. It gets better when there's trust, when there's commitment. You just can't understand it. Well, we gotta live different with our, with our lies, with our, with our mouth. We, we gotta live different. And listen, and how we do that. Daniel stood strong. He didn't compromise, but he wasn't a jerk for Jesus. And I keep saying that because it's true. Man, you can't go out and be a jerk for Jesus. You can't go out and, you know, and do it flippantly. And what did Daniel do? Daniel always asked for permission to do, right? Daniel didn't say, hey, I'm gonna do this. And man, you know, come on, you fight us. We're gonna get the Israelites together and we're gonna rally around them. Boy, we're gonna, we're gonna hold up signs and say, you're idiots, Babylon. No. He said, can I, can I do this? This is my conviction. This is what I wanna do. He, 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 now, he was gonna stand strong regardless, 
but he didn't go in and be a jerk for Jesus. Man, he was honey that drew the flies. And what do we see? And, and here's another thing Daniel did. One final thing. Daniel, Daniel, his whole purpose was the glory of God, not his benefit. Daniel could have went into the king and said, hey, I've got your dream. I've got your dream. Your boy has got your dream. Man, you put me right at the number two position, and I will bless you. Look at how good Daniel is, O king. And he could have done it with a thought of, I'm just serving God. But he's serving himself. And see, what Daniel said, no, 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 king, I, this ain't me. This is God. I want you to understand. And what happened to Daniel? Well, Daniel blessed God, and Daniel got blessed because he blessed God. See, that's what we don't understand. And, and so here's what you gotta do. When you go to your work, your work can't be this place where you go and you say, I got to make Pat Hood look good. I got to make myself look good. I got to let them get my attention. I got to, I got to, to, to get their attention with how I got to do that. I, man, I wanna be up and I gotta tell them, I, gotta, I go to work and it's all for the glory of God. You bless God and see how God blesses you. You go into your marriage, and you got, you got to go into your marriage, you got to say, man, this ain't about me and me getting all my needs met and all, all my desires fulfilled and you doing what I want you to do, and man, we're going to fight if you don't, and, and man, this is about you helping me be better. No, th th this, you go in and you say, man, I want to bring glory to God in my marriage, and my marriage is about God, and so when your spouse wrongs you, that determines if it's God's glory, that determines how you forgive and how you move on. And God gets glory, and you get blessed. Same way in your parenting, same way in your relationships, same way in your Facebook, your social media. Live for the glory of God and see how God blesses you. And it's, it's amazing what happens. That's what Daniel did. Now listen, folks, I want you to understand. Ryan told you something. As, as I'm closing out, Ryan told you something that's amazing, and, and, and I want to point it out. Least you, lest you think that the world is it, it's hopeless. God is stirring some things. I don't know if you know this or not, but just last week, hundreds of students on Auburn University, including some of the football players, got saved and gave their life to Christ. Now, here, here, here's what I know. You know, what's the same, what, you know, I mean, uh, man, what's Auburn and a dollar got in common? They, you know, I mean, uh, I, I mean <laughs> you know, four quarters, but Auburn can't play the four quarters. I, I, listen, Auburn and all this stuff, but God's doing some stuff. Hundreds of students got saved at Auburn football. Even Alabama fans are excited about that. Auburn, a lot of Auburn students got saved. Ryan told you, CJ, our high school pastor, pre minister preached, at, uh, spoke the gospel this week because the, the Smyrna football coach, who's a friend of mine, who's a friend of, 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 of a lot of folks in this, in this congregation, he, 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 they, they practice at different times so that even now the kids can come to church on Wednesday. Praise God. He brought CJ in. CJ preached the gospel, but here's what it went. They had a team meeting, and, and, and then after, CJ said, hey, after your meeting, I'm gonna be over here. I'm just gonna be standing over here after your meeting. So it wasn't this emotional, in-the-moment thing. I'm gonna be over here, and you come in 24. Matter of fact, I think we got a picture. Do we have a picture of that? Uh, this is... This is the students at Smyrna High School, the, the football players at Smyrna High School, 
that, that walked over and said, hey, and, and that wasn't some emotional deal. God's doing something. Man, I, I told you a few weeks ago in here about, you know, Rockvale football team. Here's what I love, man. God's doing stuff in Rockvale football team. Uh, Brennan, you know, I told you about Brennan Mayhew, quarterback at Rockvale. Uh, man, family's gone to church here since Brennan was a baby. I, I mean, uh, or maybe even before, I don't know, since he was a baby. Brennan's grew up here as a quarterback. Man, he started inviting Rockvale football players. Now the Rockvale football player, man, they love Jesus. They're inviting people. Man, we've got a whole crew. I mean, God's doing something, folks. I know you hear and see all this, but God is active and he's working and he's doing something and take our eyes off of Babylon and keep our eyes on Jesus. That's what we need to do and we need to be determined. I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna live different. If I want to make a difference in the world, I gotta live different than the world because we live in Babylon, but we're not gonna become Babylon. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I would ask you, if you're watching online, to text the word Jesus to the number on the screen, 615-551-9800, and we'll help you. If you're in a room, maybe God's doing something in your heart today. You come back and talk to us right here. And uh, I, I want you to do and to, and to go out of here with hope, with the realization, yeah, we live in Babylon, but God, his kingdom is going to last forever. Babylon's not, and I'm a part of that kingdom. We win. And I'm going to march out, and I'm going to be different, and I'm going to pray and I'm gonna live for the glory of God in this Babylonian world. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you for, God, your awesome, amazing grace. We know we live in wicked times. Lord, since Jesus went back to heaven 2,000 years ago, uh, we've lived in wicked times. God, the church has advanced all through those times. The church has advanced when their heads are being chopped off. The church has advanced against the Roman government. God, the church has advanced against, in the neo-Nazi world, the church has advanced against all wicked, evil uh, people and gov governments because, Lord, you are in control. And I pray today that we would see that. I pray today that we would seek the peace, Lord, of, 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 of our, uh, and, and the welfare of our city because in its welfare is our welfare. And I pray that we would... Uh, be focused on the glory of God, that we would trust you to do it, God, and that we would know you're up to something. And Father, we love you. Help us to leave encouraged. Help us to leave committed. In Jesus' name, amen.